What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast this week. On today's episode, we are keeping it short and simple, baby. We are going to start with talking a little bit about Fernando Tatis, his suspension, what it means for him, his legacy, the San Diego Padres, and can he improve his stock with Major League Baseball fans and his teammates moving forward. And then it's fantasy football season. So we're going to have a good time. We're going to break down a fantasy pros list of PPR, full point, half point running backs today. Talk about our favorites, our riskiest, some of our sleepers, and who to look out for this season in fantasy. But first, you know what time it is. Run that music, baby. What up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast this week. I am your host, Matt Guest, with me in Las Vegas, still recovering from the two-day hangover, (laughs) is Matt Morris. What is up, pal? I hope that McDonald's treated you well for this recording tonight, even though I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. You know, it's funny, like, in and out didn't do the trick. I did Chipotle twice, didn't do the trick. You know what's going to do the trick? It's McDonald's. If you just go eat cardboard, that cardboard ultimately absorbs anything that's in your stomach. That's a a known fact. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you just had to get the worst quality mm-hmm. food as possible, right? Like you went to In N Out, like solid, you know, not not great, but definitely not bad. You know, Chipotle is probably right on that same level as In N Out, not great, but not bad. And then McDonald's is like, yeah, let's just go straight up eat fake meat, fake cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Cardboard. whole nine yards, not real, not real potatoes for my French fries, yeah. but they still taste great. So yeah, you should be good, probably five to ten from now. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> solid. I love it. Yeah, man. Well, um, so we got a fun episode today. Um, we have a light agenda for what we're trying to do. Once again, we're still just kind of waiting for football, but now the rise has been all over the internet. So we're ready to tackle it. Is fantasy season, so it's going to be really fun. You know, it's something you and I are probably the most passionate about together. You know, you're a little bit more on the baseball side. I'm definitely more on the basketball side when it comes to the pod. But football, we're definitely equal as much as like how much we get fired up about it. And, you know, we play in a fantasy league together. We play in other leagues that we're not in together that we help each other with. And um, it's interesting. We always get to this part of the season where, okay, oh, man, should I draft this guy? What's going on here? Is this guy going to get suspended? Is this going to be the sleeper of the draft? And what's funny about fantasy is you're either right or really wrong. Like there's really no in between. You were either a hundred percent on it with this guy forever for this year, or you look like a fucking idiot. And you take last place in fantasy. Like I did this past year in one of my leagues, like shit happens. Or you just get a hand at Jonathan Taylor for two bomb running backs, like right before he goes absolutely off, which I did last year. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I'm looking to actually finally capitalize in the beer Olympic league because I've had two like really solid seasons and I have nothing to show for it. And it's really disappointing. And same thing for you. Like you had, you had a championship literally sitting in front of you last year in the draft with the position you chose. Um, And some wrong moves were made. Like that's, that's every draft, right? So I think we're really looking forward to kind of making up for some wrongs last year. And then like getting that one piece that takes you over the top. Um, and I think that's what we're going to dive into a little bit later here, right? Like it really is tier four and five. That's going to make some of these drafts and like where these people fall and kind of the roles that I think they really elevate to kind of like Javante Williams last season. Um, and you know, do right. you, do you have them on your bench or did you drop them week two, like Jay Jeff and, you know, look back and just cry a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It, it's always just, it's really interesting because you did have a tough team. You probably had a better team than the team that beat you in the playoffs. But that's the thing about fantasy is doesn't matter. you can be as dialed in as you want to be, but it still is gambling mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? Like the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs shouldn't have lost that game to Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati shouldn't have beat Tennessee in the game prior to that. But shit happens, right? People are humans. This is the nature of football. Josh Allen didn't get a chance to go down the field one more time. And, you know, here we are. So, yeah, you know, you take two wide receivers at the end of the draft instead of Austin Eckler and Najee Harris, and you pass over Cooper Cup on the way around. And next thing you know, you could have had a really, really good team, possibly a winner, and you uh, couldn't manage to score 100 points. You know, like, this is how, that's just how it goes. That's the game we play. Um, so we're going to go over the running backs. We're excited. But, but first, before we get into that, we do... We haven't talked too much baseball, but we do want to get into the Fernando Tati situation. So let's get into that. Okay, so we were talking, I don't know, a week, yeah, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, basically whenever the Soto trade went down, after we're doing all of our uh, MLB trade deadline rumor stuff here. Oh, man, is Soto and Tatis going to be the next great duo in the major leagues? You know, you had DeGrom and Scherzer over them. Obviously, you've got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout as a really nice duo, but obviously the rest of the team isn't that great. You got Cody or Cody Pellinger, <laughs> Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner kind of as that three-headed monster out in L.A. But the ruling comes out. The news breaks. Tatis suspended 80 games for PEDs. 23 years old, right? Yep. Matt? That's what he's at. 23, 24. Um, a bombshell. A tr- in my opinion, an absolute, like it was kind of funny. And I was like, haha, kind of fucked the Padres at first. <laughs> but then after really digesting, it's been about a week. Now the day that we're recording this, it's terrible, dude. It's fucking horrible. It's horrible for baseball. It's horrible for a guy who, was transcending to be one of the faces, man. Now he's he's kind of a scumbag. If he meant to do it or not, like it just is what it is. You know, it sucks. I would encourage anyone that hasn't heard the Pedro Martinez um, interview on Bleacher Report to go watch that. He basically calls Fernando a little bitch, um, being really nice about it. But he said, even back to when you were a kid, you were cocky. You know, like you're 23 years old. This is on you. You can read in English. You can read in Spanish. You've read the rules. Your father can read in English. Your father can read in Spanish. Your father played Major League Baseball. He knew the protocol. And yet here you are claiming that you didn't know. And, you know, now it's circulating online that the the ringworm, um, you know, medication has the – these like um Tar- taterol tartarol whatever yeah, it is yeah they tested it for it yeah. listed right in the box as you know be careful <laughs> like this contains boom right so that if you are in a league or you are under some kind of obligation to watch what kind of supplements you put in your body that you're aware and it's just really disrespectful overall and when you could see that when pedro was talking about him you know and you could see that when mike clevenger was interviewed and i think at this point he's going to have to sit down with the team i think that's thursday and there's going to be some things said, and this is going to be the opportunity for him to really feel the wrath of what men and their emotions can can be um, reflective of, right? Like you're going to be pissed off a, a group of grown men, the men that are reliant on success to pay their bills and to have their salaries. 
you went out and had your general manager acquire one of the best players in baseball to pair up with you. And yet here you are being a child, allowing your parents to speak for you, you know, claiming that you just didn't know. It's, it's really disheartening, I think, because and we've said this with how many players, Ryan Braun, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, you could have just come out and said, hey, I cheated. I wanted to be back on the field. Um, the wrist wasn't healthy. You know, I fucked up. I went on a motorcycle accident. I, I made a mistake and I just wanted to be there for my team. I'm already, I've already gotten paid. It's not about the money. And I'd be like, cool, no problem. You know, like, I get it. You made a mistake. And instead, his mom and his dad are like speaking for him. And I think that's the biggest problem of all of this. Yeah, I agree with you. In, in your statement, you said is it's time to it's time to be a man or not you know like his character is is being shown and put on full display right now he hasn't made a statement he hasn't came out uh it came out that yeah it was the ringworm and then his dad said that it was a haircut that led to the ringworm which then came with the sus uh supplement that they had to use that had the i don't know if i'm saying it right teterol teterol I, I don't i don't know what it was basically whatever was banned right um and, and you know what? That's that goes back to falling on the bike three, four, five times. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you allowed someone to cut your hair or do something to you that even put you in this situation, and then to decide like that you're—it's just—it's just the whole situation is messy. It reminds me of the Braun situation when he blamed the FedEx driver and then finally ended up backpedaling and apologizing himself. But it's just like, no, you've already done the damage is done. You're a scumbag. Yeah. You know, you're immature. You're not a good guy is the image right now. And he has the opportunity to do exactly what you said. Be a man. Come out and say, hey, guess what? Like, I I, mess, I made a mistake. I'm a kid. I'm stupid. I'm very regretful of my situation. Um, I'll be on the field X day, the day that the suspension's up next season. And we won't need to worry about any of my off-the-field drama. You know, and, and I hope that's what happens. But unfortunately, I at this point, I just don't think that's what's going to happen. And, you know, it sucks for the Padres, right? Like they've done everything they had to become San Diego's team, right? They go get Juan Soto. Machado's playing at an MVP level here. They go get Josh Hader. They are, they're, they're making the run for the playoffs right now, right? Their push is literally going on as we speak. And this just threw a massive wrench in all their plans in the last thing Fernando needs is the team to turn on him and the team to not look at that, look at him as the leader anymore, you know, and, uh, Clevenger's comments, they, they spoke to me, even Machado. That was the first time I see Machado kind of look like an older man as well in the locker room and just be like, look, we got here without him and we're just going to keep doing our thing without him. Kind of basically saying to the reporters, fuck him, yeah. you know? And, um, that's just something that it's unacceptable in the locker room. And it's just sad to see, arguably one of the faces of, of the game do that. And at 23 years old, he's going to play in the league for 13 more years, Matt. And you'll never forget this. Yeah, no, you, it'll be on his, uh, it'll be on his, you know, resume, his baseball resume forever. And I, I just have hall of fame's out of the question already done 23. Mm. You, you, you won't make the hall of fame. I don't know. I mean, that's 20 years from now, you know, it's a new, it's a new, um, that's true. You're right. You're right. But still like as of today, Sorry, pal. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a new um, voting group that'll be in there. I, I think we have to see first and foremost: does he, you know, is he in his prime past age twenty seven, twenty eight? Because I, th I think the biggest question for me is we already have health concerns, which is probably what led to the steroid use, uh, whether it be the shoulder, the wrist, 
right? Whatever else has ailed right. him throughout his career. Because his shoulder injury is a career-long shoulder injury. This isn't something that's just going to go away. Hanley Ramirez had it. It cost him years of his prime because ultimately the joint just never healed. Same exact injury. Decided not to have surgery on it. That is Fernando Tatis. Uh, here we are with a wrist injury that didn't heal in time. Like if we remember correctly, he was supposed to be back the first week of June playing for the Padres. Right. Here we are in August. Right. Um, so I guess what I'm saying really is we've seen steroids shorten the career of how many players once they've gotten off. The only player that really comes to mind that was able to get popped for steroids and then continue five, six years of success is Nelson Cruz. Much different body yep. size position, you know, like plays DH. Um, everybody else, Braun, Rodriguez, Giambi, especially, you know, as soon as they stopped <laughs> taking steroids, their numbers fell, their injuries started climbing up. It was the lat, it was the back, it was the hamstring. Do we see that with Tatis? Is he a 25, 26 year old? That's a 40 year old's body because he was taking steroids longer than we thought. All of those things need to come about. Um, in the meantime, he's going to come back as a 24 year old next year and he's going to be a kid and he's going to have to sit his ass down. And just be a player in that locker room because he's no longer the leader of that team, right? Like that's that's gone. It's right. gone. Like Machado, Clevenger, right. they made their. It's Machado's yep. team. It's Machado's yep. team right now. No, no question about it. I think the, the sorry to interrupt you. The line has been drawn in the sand. You know, like I think it's Manny's team. He's been carrying them all year. He carried them again tonight. The night that we're recording, they're just playing the Marlins. Like not a big deal, but had the big hit got it done and then in two three seasons maybe next season it's going to be Soto's team and Tatis will just be a really really good player on that team you know like that's I think that's the only direction the team can go in moving forward right you can't be pimping home runs you can't be you know you can still have fun but it's his his brand his legacy his his entire bravado the way he played baseball what I really like what everyone liked about him uh, it just has an, a, a bad taste in your mouth. Well, now you're you know? the douchebag, right? Like it just you're, yeah, yeah. You pimp a home run. You, you're a you're cheater. A cheater. <laughs> like pimp it, fine. Like the rest of his career is if he pimps a home run in any city, they're gonna boo him and talk about how he's a cheater. And throw fucking needles at him and shit. You know, like straight up. Yeah. You know, and it just sucks, man. Because it just sucks. You know, it just ever since he signed that contract, Matt. Literally since the the day he signs the contract, he hurts his wrist like a month and a half later. And then he comes to the offseason and all my buddies that are Padre fans come out and are telling me like, "Yeah, he had an interview saying, "Oh, you know, what 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 do you want to say about the car crash or sorry, the motorcycle accident?" And he says, "Oh, which one?" You know, and it's like, "What what what are we doing, dude?" Wait, I get you live in San Diego, one of the most beautiful cities, coolest cities in the world in America, for sure. But you, you got to grow up well, and you got to be, you got to give he a He spends shit. most of his time in, uh, in his native country. And I think that's the biggest issue. And else, Dominican? And else, I don't know what country he comes from, but it's the same issue with a lot of these uh, Latin born players. It literally cost Oscar Tavares his fucking life because he drove his right. car off the cliff. Number two prospect in baseball for the Cardinals was going to be an all-star. Um, these kids, this different world. In the, and I've never been, so I don't understand it, but it's a different world. I mean, Jesus Christ, he got ring, right. ringworm from a barber. Like, what? A haircut. What? Yeah, allegedly. Um, yeah. That's just, I can't even fathom that. <laughs> like, what? So right. the world is different. They operate with different rules. They live like kings. Um, And you're a child still. And like I said, having his parents, his mother and his father, like, talk about him and you know basically be his, his PR reps it just goes to show me that he's not managing his own life um there's a lot to come I'm disappointed I was I was disappointed when Braun got popped and I never looked at Braun, right. Braun the same ever 
ever. How could you? And I think how could you? I think that's going to be the same way with the Padres and you know, three hundred x million dollars to still pay him. You know, like have fun. It's yeah, a they're long done. twelve yeah. more years with this asshole. Yeah, yeah, he fucked him, mm-hmm. and ho- I mean, hopefully he writes his wrongs. He's twenty three. You know, if he comes back next year, he plays good ball. You know, plays one hundred and thirty games, one hundred and twenty five. Oh, whatever. Sorry, maybe like. 90 games, you know, whatever it is, because he's missing 40, um, plays 90, 100 games, does his shit, doesn't complain. It is not the spotlight. The spotlight isn't on him. Um, I'll we'll say this man. real quick know. before we move on here. Um, AJ Preller, the GM for San Diego, came out after the wrist injury in between spring training and the regular season and the lockout and said, we are not going to contest uh, the contract, right? Do you remember us talking about this in the podcast? Correct. Yep, I, I, I think they might contest this contract. Now, I don't know what the like, yep. not, you know, statutes of limitations. That's obviously the wrong term for the league. right or the cause. Yeah, I think like is what how they call long it, yeah. that you can you have as a team to be like, hey, he broke his wrist like on a motorcycle. But the verbiage that Preller came out with after the suspension was very interesting. Um, and we could pull up the quote, but it was something along the lines of, you know, a pattern of behavior we're going to have to look into. And as soon as you see, like, hear the we're going to have to look into, it's like, what kind of case are they building? Uh, because that's the first thought I would have as a GM. How do I cut this kid loose? Because now I've got Juan Soto. So I'm going to, I want to pay, I want to pay one of them, right? And I would way rather pay the non cheater. And I'd rather cast this kid off to the sea, you know, like, We'll see, but I would not be surprised if we see a union battle where the Padres strip him of that contract and that could get really messy. But I think at this point, it's kind of deserved. Go earn your money now, cheater. Straight out. Yeah, and his comments were, and he talked to the athletic, uh, the GM of the of the Padres said, I think we were hoping from the offseason to now that there would be some maturity. And obviously with the news today, it's more of a pattern and something we've got to dig a little bit more deep yep. into. I think that's the verbiage you're talking about. I'm sure I'm sure he's very disappointed, but at the end of the day, it's one thing to say one thing to say it. You have to start by showing it with your actions. Over the course of the last six or seven months, I think that's something that we haven't really been able to have as far as trust in Tati. So, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you, man. I think there's something and they should, right? Like we're like, look, man, we're literally paying you over a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is, we're not just freaking giving you some change here, pal. Uh, Clevenger, this is the second time we've been disappointed with him. You hope he grows up and learns this and learns that it's about more than just him right now, you know? And then I don't see um, Machado's comments on here, but they were echoed in the same sentiment as that. And, you know, it's a part of growing up, Matt. You and I, I think we were 23, maybe a little old, older than that when you and I were living together. We we're fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a couple moments that you and I definitely regret of things and decisions that we've made. And it's a part of growing up. And hopefully he can do it sooner than later. You know, that's the only part I really do em- uh, empathize with him is, like you said, he goes back to, I think he's Dominican. I'm pretty sure. You know, he goes back. He lives like a king. He gets the women, gets the bars you know, gets to do whatever he wants. You know, he's a good looking guy. I'm sure he has a great fucking time. Um, it's easy to live that life, you know, and you just have to make that decision of, I want to be a grown up. And if you don't, that's okay too. But you have to live with that decision as yeah, well. Absolutely. Okay. So it's one of the best times of the year, Matt. 
It's fantasy football season. It's speculation season. It's off season. And it's time to say who we think is the best running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex. It's fantasy season, man. It's great. So what we want to do for our listeners is give a breakdown of our fantasy running backs this year. Um, We love the site Fantasy Pros. We think they map it out pretty well. Um, We have a lot of things that we disagree with on there, which will make this episode fun. But I think out of all the websites like ESPN, Yahoo, pretty fun list. Uh, They segmented out into tiers. So we'll kind of go through what we think. Uh, of their tiers, where we would switch guys, who we like better, so on and so forth. Um, Going into this for the listener. So we decided before recording, we were going to do this off of a PPR format. So if you're a listener that is this your first year in fantasy or you don't know what that stands for, that's point per reception. So in fantasy, you're going to get points every time you catch a ball. We're going to go off of a PPR format and give our rankings of who we like the best, what we think for about tier one, tier two, tier three of fantasy pros lists, and just have some fun and go through it and kind of debate and banter about who we like and who we don't like. So we're going to start with running backs right now. Um, Before I get into the tiers and where they have everything ranked this year, I want to take a step back and look into last year because I will reference this for this year's list as well. So, the number one back, I'm just going to go through the top 10. I'm not going to go by it that way. But number one back was Jonathan Taylor. Number two was Austin Eckler. Number three was Dalvin Cook. Four, Alvin Kamara. Five, Nick Chubb. Six, Najee Harris. Seven, Cordero Patterson. Eight, David Montgomery. Nine, Antonio Gibson. And 10, Aaron Jones. Okay? So those were the top 10 throughout the entire season last year. Now... Uh, ADP stands for their average draft position. If you're doing fantasy, you're going to see this all over. Jonathan Taylor's ADP is one and Derrick Henry's ADP is four. That's just like per all these simulations and mock drafts and all the bullshit that ESPN, Yahoo and these big sites do. That's the average draft where they go. So Taylor, the number one back last year was drafted 10th. So his ADP at the end of the season was plus nine is kind of what it's showing here. So if you hear us saying that and using these abbreviations, like that's what we're talking about. Okay, there's a little synopsis, Matt, with those 10 right there. uh, I know who the number one surprise is, but what were your thoughts on that list just right off the bat? I think you look at it and, you know, Gibson for Washington kind of jumps out at number nine. He had some okay weeks, had some down weeks, but at the end of the day, he was just productive, right? Same thing with Aaron Jones, productive, like stayed on the field type of production. And then you go all the way up to six, you look at Najee Harris, like not only was he productive, but it was because of a volume share. I think that's one of the big reasons that he's getting a push this season is because he wasn't as productive as the volume would have assumed, right? Uh, I think his average yards per carry was under four. Uh, did For sure, get, yeah. It might have been under three, Yeah, honestly. it was bad, but it was because he had a terrible old man for quarterback, bad offensive line, and he was a rookie. Um, but Austin Eckler at two was shocking, right? Because I think if I remember correctly, at the end of the year, he was banged up come playoff fantasy time which really cost some managers. He missed a game or two. Yeah, yeah, like worst time of the year to miss some time, but like still finish number two. And again, like he's the perfect kind of guy to target in PPR because we talked about this on the phone today. Like that's more of a like a run and gun offense, right? Uh, where he's going to get seven to 11 carries, but for the most part, he's also going to get seven to 11 receptions. Every time he catches the ball, it's half point unless you play in a full point. Um, so I think yeah, that's the product prototypical back that I want to look for over the next few years is a guy like Eckler who has the ability to catch the ball spiller behind him. Also very, very good. Like that's a backup. I love. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, the number one guy, and this is what I kind of want to emphasize going into the list of what we're going to break down for this year, Jonathan Taylor's average draft position was 10, and he ends up as the number one. So just because you look at these lists and you're like, I got to take McCaffrey, I got to take Taylor this year. Like, yeah, sure, if you're at the top, take him, right? Like, it's a safe pick. But don't be surprised if you're sitting at 10, 11, 12, 13, and you might have the number one guy in fantasy. Right, Cooper Cup was taken in our 14-man league in the third round last year. Right, In a lot of drafts, he was taken late. So let's get into it. Um, tier 1. So Fantasy Pros has this broken down into multiple tiers. But there are one tier. Tier 1 is, and this is once again for a PPR, is McCaffrey 1, Taylor 2, Eckler 3. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on that? I'm taking McCaffrey out. I'm putting him in Tier 2, and I'm putting Najee into Tier 1. Uh, so for me, it would go Taylor, Eckler, Najee um, in PPR. And then I'm probably adding Derrick Henry. Honestly, I'm probably adding Derrick Henry four. I know we're going to have a disagreement on that. I like the volume for Harris and the ability to catch. And then Derrick Henry comes in right at four. So I've got four in tier one. Again, Taylor, Eckler, Najee, Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, I mean, McCaffrey should be the an obvious tier one. It's just the health concerns, right? Like, there's nothing about his style, his workhorse, his ability to catch the ball, any of that. It's will he play a I mean, full fantasy season? I mean, two and a half season, years, right? like, that's, bro. That's that's, that's, I, that's what you're worried about. No, it's I, Todd I feel Gurley. you. It's, un, I, I it's undraftable, you. you know? I know. I feel you. It's, it's a stressful thing to sit there and think about. Um, so I agree with you. I knocked him down to tier two as well. Um, just strictly based on health, like not on his ability. It just it is sucks. what it is for fantasy. You need a guy. You need a guy that can't get hurt, right? Yeah. Um. So my top is it, it. Just it is interesting for me to have Taylor number one. I thought his season was great. I do love Taylor. Um. So I still have him number one. I'm, I'm nervous to see how he does this year. To be completely honest with you, I don't think he'll be bad. But can he repeat that success? I'm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I have him one. I have Henry number two. Reason being with Henry is that he's going to run the ball 30 times a game. Yes, I know this is a PPR segment where we're going over here, but he's going to touch 30 times. He's going to get at least 100 yards a game and probably a touchdown. And he, out of any running back in the league, has the highest likelihood of scoring two plus touchdowns every single week. And at the end of the day, the touchdowns matter more than the receptions. That's why I have him number two. Um, I personally put Dalvin Cook over Austin Eckler um, just because I think they both have the same injury uh, scares, you know, nervousness about their health long term. But I think personally, Cook's a better player. I think with their more offensive uh, structured, their, their offense being structured differently this year to throw more and not necessarily feature Dalvin is a good thing because he'll start catching more passes. So I've got Taylor, Henry, Cook, Eckler would be my top four. And then McCaffrey and Najee will be starting off the second one there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I think Dalvin, Dalvin could have a big year. He, I think he gets pushed to the back burner even more than Eckler does, just because if you look at the last couple of years, I think he's missed two plus games in each of the last couple of years. Um, I think so. Yeah, he's gonna miss two. He's gonna hmm, miss two absolutely. games. One hundred percent. Absolutely. 
like it just is what it is, you know. And it's and it's strange too because you look at all of these guys, like Najee being a rookie, you know, hasn't had the opportunity to miss games. Derrick Henry obviously missed games last year. We go a little bit lower in tier two. DeAndre Swift as a rookie missed games, right? Joe Mixon's been pretty sturdy, but Eckler has missed games. McCaffrey we know has missed games, right? Is this the season that Jonathan Taylor misses games? Like. I don't remember the last year a player that was projected to go first overall ended up being like even worth that first overall pick, right? It's been years dating all the way back to David Johnson's broken wrist. Um, Right. I'm trying to think too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure. And yeah, I don't even know. I remember years ago, even taking AP and he fucking tears his ACL. You know, like shit happens, That's probably (laughs) it though. It's, It's probably AP back in his prime, right? Like in between the ACL tear and like even before the ACL tear, you could trust him. And I guess that's kind of my 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 uh, drum banging for Jonathan Taylor. At some point, we have to find the next AP, the next LT, the guy that's going to be great for seven years. Like we haven't had it in so long that it's got to come around sometime. We just don't know who that is yet. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, so to go into tier two, so how they have it here listed out is they have Cook and Harris topping out tier two and then Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, and Joe Mixon. So guys that we didn't talk about would be DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, right? So they make it to the end of tier two. Um, Swift had a breakout season last year for Detroit. A lot of garbage time, but also a lot of productivity. He did end up getting hurt, I think, right around Thanksgiving as well, which kind of derailed his uh, situation out here in in Detroit. And Joe Mixon was a guy that I have faded his entire career, but last year he made me look stupid, was the bell cow. Uh, He won leagues for people last year. He was great all season and especially down the stretch. Um, As far as like when we now that we're getting a little deeper into this list, how I'm going to start prioritizing guys in my personal draft. And for you guys here as the listeners is, do you have a handcuff, right? Cause we're going to start falling into the, who are the every down backs for their teams and who has a guy that comes in on third down and who has a handcuff is what they call it in fantasy. And uh, Deandre Swift is prime suspect. Number one, he has Jamal Williams. Who's going to get a lot of run, a lot of touches, has a chance to get goal line uh, carries and touches as well and could potentially take his job. Now, will he? I don't think so, but there is a potential there. Um, So I don't love Swift in tier two. I actually have him at the top of tier three. Yeah, I'm looking at my tier two right now. It is a little different. I'm rolling Cook at five. You obviously have Cook in in your number one tier. Uh, CMC at six. He's undraftable for me. You know, if he's there at six, I'm not taking him. Uh, seven. I'm actually gonna push Saquon up. I think, I think Brian Dayball could really utilize him well. Um, and I still believe in, I still believe in the athlete that's in that body, even though there's been some injuries and some concerns. Right. I, I really do believe he has. This might be his last year to really break that prime status, you know, to, to break out. So I'm gonna take it. Um, and then I'm taking Mixon right under him. Mixon, as you said, is Mister Consistent out there. Like he just plays. He just you know, he gives you the 15 a week. He's never dropping the 35, but like, that's what you want is right. Right. Number, you know, 10th overall Aaron Jones, he's on the field. That's what we're paying for. Um, and then nine, I'm actually going to have nine here. It's going to be, uh, Alvin Kamara kind of talked about that, that non-suspension coming out. Um, and that's going to break. That's going to be my tier two. I'm actually leaving Deandre Swift out because of the handcuff that you just said. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, like I said, I, I've got McCaffrey and Harris. They're kind of topping this tier. I think those guys are, are the no-brainers. I I mean, we talked about it. I have the seventh pick in our four-team-man league. Like, if he's there, reluctantly, I'm going to take him. Like, I'm not going to pass on him, you know? Like, I'll give him one more shot just the way I'd give Saquon another shot to, Matt. You know, I won the league with Saquon his rookie year. You know, he was there for me that year. You know, he still has that potential, but he hasn't been healthy nor productive since that year, which is... I think three, four seasons ago now at this point. So that that is a long time ago. That's just about the same as McCaffrey. Um, now, I do have Mixon over Swift, but then I do have Swift over, um, or excuse me, I have Kamara, then Swift, and then Saquon is how I have it lining up. And this is all your tier two still? And this, and yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, the, the, the tier is kind of irrelevant at this point for me as we're getting lower I in here. Um, but yes, yes. So I, I, I'd consider those guys tier two. Um, the reason I'll leave Aaron Jones out of that tier two is because I think his handcuff really does have an opportunity to take away a significant portion of his fantasy value this year, well, which we'll get to him in a second. And I think it's something really important to, to mention with some of these teams too, is we'll talk about Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, um, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. Okay, I know it's a lot of names I just threw at you there. Sure, sure, you're good. You're They're good. teams that could have big leads in the fourth quarter. They're teams that, I know the Saints aren't great, but if Alvin Kamara has already you know, dominated the possessions and the defense has played well, they might not play in the fourth quarter. You know, might not get the, the carries. Right. I know that there's no way that the Titans are winning without Derrick Henry touching the ball like you said 30 times. Because it's just not happening. Their right. defense is bad. Their quarterback is bad. Same thing with you know Saquon Barkley. Like he's going to need to run the ball in the fourth quarter for them to get wins, at least regularly. You can even throw McCaffrey in there with yeah, that as yeah. well, dude. Like that team's going to be shit. McC- you know, yeah. I know you didn't put him in there as well, but yeah, a hundred. Well, and look at what dude. he did last year in their first four games, four and zero. Oh, it was his show. You know, he carried Aaron Donald to a good record because Aaron Donald had that check down, had that say like six. Sam Donald. Sorry, yeah, yeah Sam Donald. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I don't know if Aaron Darnold, that would be actually pretty cool to see. He'd probably be just as good of a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. Uh, but my point with that is it's the volume concept. So not only do some of these guys have you know, safety nets and handcuffs behind them, but do you really want to be drafting a guy that you know has a great quarterback and has a great defense behind them because they might not be there right. for you? So I'm mindful of that as right. well. I think about that a lot when it comes to uh, like fantasy baseball and like drafting pitchers on good teams because they'll get wins. It's the same. It's the opposite approach here for running backs. Draft good running backs with decent offensive on lines shit on teams. shit teams because the volume yeah. will just be there. Like look at Gibson last year finishing ninth overall. I mean that's a great. That's honestly a great call out. That's why Swift's seventh on the yeah. list, right? Like no matter what you think about Swift, like he was playing in deep into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter because they were either losing or in a game down to the wire where they needed their best running back out there that's actually a really really good Najee too. too right like the Steelers Same were deal. fighting yeah, sure. every single quarter for points because their team was so bad and like that's why right. he had the volume if you you know Steelers go 12 and 5 like Najee's probably chilling on the bench right yeah that's I mean that's that's a great call out actually especially for these guys lower down here right like you can be pretty stress-free about the tier ones, even the tier twos. But now as we kind of get into these names here, um, we'll start with Aaron Jones, right? We can have Kamara kind of in there, I guess. Um, and, and we're going to go under the assumption. I, I watched a good TikTok video. We kind of talked about this before. We might as well bring it up now with Kamara before we get into the list. Um, I've got Kamara way, way higher if he's not suspended. Now, 
we were looking, couldn't find it. And from the kind of videos we looked into is that these video surveillance, as far as we're, we're going to go on this on the record, man, as far as we're concerned, isn't out yet, right? Like we can't find that video surveillance of him and a couple buddies or just him beating the shit out of that guy in Vegas Pro Bowl week. So if that video doesn't come out during the season, he won't get suspended. But if it comes out just like Ray Rice, just like uh, Kareem Hunt, just like all these examples we've seen in the past, he's going to get suspended because the second the public gets wind of that and it's on every single news show in the morning and it's all we're talking about on ESPN and every talk show, like he's going to miss games a hundred percent. And it's just going to happen. So I, I like Kamara way more than a lot of these guys, but that logic is starting to freak me out and it, and it makes sense, you know, like it really does. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's when you go into the draft and you have to decide who you want to be, right? Like, do you want to be the guy that <laughs> right. like is risky and stressing and just, yeah. and just sends it and says, screw it, right? I'm taking taking Olive and Kamara you know, first round, like no problem. I'm taking Deshaun Watson right. sixth round. <laughs> I'm going out here and I'm just For my sure. team's gonna be fantastic come week seven. And by week seven, you're one and six. And you're like, oh right. shit, I'm, my season's over. So mitigate your risk. Um, you know, if I, I think Alvin Kamara is a really good pick if you're drafting like in R14, you're drafting like eleven or twelve because you can immediately handcuff him with a Nick job or a James Connor and like feel okay about yourself. Um, but again, if you're where we're at, where it's a seven and nine, you're in the seven position, I'm in the nine position and you take him at seven and you have to watch those picks go all the way down to 14 and then all the way back to 21. And you're like, damn, like, you know, 19 out of the 21 picks were running backs. And now I'm left with JK Dobbins as my two and then bang, he right. gets suspended season's over like you're, you're in deep trouble yeah you're in, you're in a you're in a miles gaskin situation like i was in last year which was a, probably one of miles the worst experiences gaskin, i've ever had playing yeah. that was him yeah. miami Fuck. as soon a, as you dude. let him go too he like did you let him go or no no, no it wasn't it was no it was the two weeks i put him on the bench <laughs> for the two best weeks of the season i rode him every that's right i'm not a big miles gaskin i think it was more flores but that's that's irrelevant to the conversation um, okay, so for this part, let's 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 exclude Kamara and let's go Aaron Jones, Fournette, Javante Williams, Chubb, Connor, and we'll throw Ezekiel Elliott in there. So basically, on Fantasy Pros, all their tier threes except for Barkley and Kamara. What do you like on there? Uh, I'm gonna go through it real quick in my order because I just jotted it down. Okay, Swift is gonna lead cool. my classification. I love him. We talked about this today too on the phone. Like I love Swift, but I'm just nervous because. The Jamal Williams is definitely scary. And always we said this, like how many guys go do great at the end of all season previous? And you're like, oh, he could really break out this year. And then like, just don't break out at all. You know, like don't continue right. the breakout or the elevation to star level. Um, Javante Williams too. I, I know that Melvin's behind him. I get that Melvin Gordon's still there. And like, I get that this can be a good team. I think Javante could be such a talented player that it doesn't even matter if he's only touching the ball for yeah. 14, 16 times a game. I really do. Um, James Conner next. James Conner is going to be the volume guy. He's going to be the touchdown guy. And that team has to win. So James Conner is going to – it's either make or break for him, right? He also wants to get paid. I don't think his contract was a long-term extension. I think – I think he – I think yeah, I think he just got two, three yeah, years. Think, yeah, one or two-year uh, deals, yeah, something like that. We'll have to look into it. But Yeah, I'll look it up right he now. Makes, Go, keep he going. comes in right under Williams because I just – I think the volume will be there. Um, Nick Chubb. It's crazy how far Nick Chubb has fallen in all drafts. Um, he just hasn't had the volume and the total share of production that you want him to because of Kareem Hunt. You know, like Nick Chubb should be a guy that's touching the ball 25 times a game. 
and the Browns just sure. don't do that. Um, but I will have him come in over Aaron Jones because I have a little bit more faith of his consistency sure. and I I think touchdowns. You brought that up. That's big. he's just a better running back. Yeah, he's just a better running back. I in this in this tier that they have on fantasy pros, it's no doubt to me, Nick yeah. Chubb. It's not even a question. Um, he ended up fifth last year with Kareem Hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like this guy. This guy's an absolute. He's a stud. stud. And, uh, he's an he's an absolute stud. And if if uh, what's his name, Deshaun does end up getting suspended, he is going to be the focal yep. point. So I, I'm high on Nick Chubb going into the season with or without um, Watson. Regardless, he, he's that good. I think he's a top three back in the league. Honestly, like he's very very good. Um, so I like Chubb there. Um, I'll have Jones, and then I have Connor above Javante Williams just because they handcuff. I like that. Um, I like that. I, I I have. There's nobody else competing with Connor in Arizona there. Now I just looked it up while you were talking. He's a three year, twenty one million, so seven million okay, a year. So That's he's, a pretty, he's paid, pretty average of the road. He, yeah, his career's he's yeah. paid, but I mean, still he's still playing for one more contract, okay. right? Like he's trying to get that one more, in my opinion, but. They let go of Edmonds, yeah. and he's the bell cow. So I think, and he's the goal line guy, which is the other thing. Like he was so touchdown dependent last year, but he kept scoring touchdowns, man. Um, well, and they're going to need backup, to run the ball over there without uh, without Hopkins for those first six weeks. I'm looking right now to see if we can find the backup on this list. They drafted the rookie uh, Arizona. We've got Daryl Williams. That's not who I'm thinking about. Do you know off the top of your head who they took to be their? Um, they're receiving. No, back. I don't remember. I don't remember who they took um, to be their, you know, quote unquote third down guy. That that's for sure. I because I know they lost Edmonds because Edmonds went out to. Um, he went out to Miami. Miami yeah. Here I have their depth. I have their depth chart. So they have. I mean, they don't have anybody. That's bro. crazy. They have Daryl Williams. Yeah, that's, man. that's like, what I'm looking that's at. Their that's backup. crazy. And 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 Eno Benjamin. Honestly, like, that probably does change things for me. Then I'm probably putting Connor above Williams. He's got to go up. He's and this to. could be interesting too, uh, and we'll have to keep an eye on this. If Connor goes down week three or four, the Cardinals have absolutely no choice except to make a trade. They have to go get a running back. They have to. Yeah, well, I mean, well, and that's like the the guy who's asking for a trade is Kareem Hunt. Like, what a great fucking yeah, fit. but he'd be you in know, the they same told position him, there. You know, he'd be. Behind. They told him to go kick rocks, but so, I mean, if if. Connor's hurt, hurt, you know, like he's the guy and he'd be sick oh. on that offense. I, this, I'm already excited. On let's, that let's roll it. Let's get, get the football season. Yeah. <laughs> but what's, yeah. But what's funny is the guy that is the consensus bottom of this list is Zeke so, okay. It, that, that's, that's what's is funny. Is he to me on the too. bottom of your list? He's on the bottom of mine. Is, is he, are you, 100%. Yeah, easy, hands down. Yeah. I'm higher on Pollard this year than him. Uh, I won't touch Elliot with a 10 foot pole. I mean, you're okay. You're saying that like I'm saying like, CMC. If he's there in like the second round, you know, like CMC is taking off. If Zeke's there in like the fifth or sixth round, I'm telling you right now to scroll down to the next tier. I'm taking Brees Hall, Montgomery, sure, sure, not ETN. Sure, I'm taking Brees Hall, Montgomery, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, all over Zeke Elliott. I hundred okay. I feel you. I feel you. With, with I agree. Zero I agree. But all even if Zeke's sitting there second, third round, I'm still taking those. That's what guys I'm saying though. Him. Think of like okay. Let's move to the fifth tier then, right? Let's move to let's okay. move to tier five. Because I, honestly, okay. and I, I don't think he'll be here at this point because this is where Pollard comes up. But by, that's why we're moving here, right? Because I agree with you. Okay. Everyone in tier four, I'd rather have over Zeke. Uh, Chase. The only guys I wouldn't would be Dylan and Etienne, just because they're two. Big question marks for me. Dylan. Dylan, AJ would still 
I'd think about it. Okay. He's just not going to get the volume. Yeah, but I'm taking Dylan over Zeke. I am. Yeah, that's too much. Uh, I, I, I can't. I can't pull the trigger on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know that. I, uh, Zeke's still the starter. Is you know? Yeah, I feel you. Okay, I feel you. But that, I, I guess that's my point <laughs> though, because then that puts Zeke All on right. our list. Twenty three. I mean, he's in the twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Honestly, I think yeah. I'd rather have him than Jacobs. Jacobs is. Oof, they are not. Fe- yeah, I got. I got him over Jacobs. Okay. I've got him over Jacobs. I've ETN. got him over Dylan. I've got him over Etn. I've got him. I, probably, I, I honestly think him and Gibson are a toss-up, but I'd probably take Gibson because I think he has higher upside. Yeah. But they both have heavy, heavy handcuffs with that. Uh, what's his name? McKissick. Is it McKissick in Washington, the third down back who's a fucking it sounds right. That sounds right. Who but catches all those passes. Not only yeah, that, but no, no, but not only that, Washington has, and we'll have to scroll on this list. They have a kid coming out of camp, third round pick. Um, well, and they've got so McKissick is there receivers up the ass. They've got Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Washington, Brian Robinson Jr. This kid is, is lighting camp on fire. Um, Interesting. Alabama kid, you know, love love to see that. Classic. You know, big Just body. Was the backup for three years, and he's the Josh Jacobs of this draft, basically. Uh, Robinson finished third in missed tackles and seventh in PFF rushing grade, 90.4, while also <laughs> flashing his chops in the passing game last season. He caught 35 of 38 targets for 296 yards. This could be your guy week seven that's the starter. And I like I think Gibson's great, but we have to remind ourselves too. So I, Gibson yeah. was a wide receiver at Memphis, who Pollard also you know went to Memphis. But um, I think I think Robinson could really cut into Gibson's timeshares because Gibson has a fumbling problem. But this is the thing, like, fuck, dude. I by week seven, I might rather have Robinson than, than Zeke Elliott. Like, how crazy is that? It's just crazy. Like, it's well, just Zeke is Zeke's our Zeke's the Fernando Tatis of yeah. of the list. You know, like <laughs> yeah. straight up, man. Like. He's still immature. He doesn't seem to really care that much. Uh, he look every year. He's in better shape in the off season, but then you see some clips and you're like, yeah, he looks slow. slow he looks done. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I just it, it's funny because Zeke for a few years was such a fucking stalwart, like stud fantasy guy. He's gonna get you 15. He'll still have good weeks, but um, not on my team. I, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, even moving. Okay, so you said you want to go tier five. I'll tell you, I've got. I'm probably taking. I've got. I'm taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire over him a hundred percent. Yeah, and Easy. you could probably, you could probably, you could probably talk me into Edmonds, and you could probably talk me into Rashad Penny as well. Maybe even Damian Harris. Maybe. Okay. Probably not. Though. Chase Edmonds. Maybe not Harris. Yes. Honestly, Ed- Edmonds and Hilaire. Yeah, I, you could get me Edmonds and Hilaire over Elliot. Honestly, yeah. I even think, and it's crazy, Miles Sanders. He's been such a bust mm. for so long. I know he's so sketch. he's so sketch, but it's so, like it's he's got to hit. He's gonna he's gonna hit one of these years, and he's gonna win leagues. Well, who else do they who else do they got over there in Philly? Kenneth What's Gainwell. his name? Um, Gainwell. Yep. But he's not. He's, he's not, not ready be to be. A, he's not no, a starter. No, no, no. But he he's. He could do what Pollard take has a touchdown done. Touchdown or two away. Um, yeah. He's not as good of a running back as Pollard. He's a much better receiver. You know those Memphis kids. And Gamewell was a Memphis kid too. Uh, Gamewell started over Gibson. That's how crazy good Gamewell was. But Gamewell's five nine. So that Darren Sproles approach is is there. So kind of off of the Zeke Elliott, I kind of have a question slash 
pivot point here. So we're in tier five, Matt. And, you know, I just kind of listed a couple guys and this is their tier five. I don't really want to get into listing it here because I'm honestly a little lost and confused on where my list is anyways. But like you got you got a starter, Chase Edmonds, a starter, Miles Sanders, a starter, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, a starter, Damian Harris, a starter, Devin Singletary, probably a starter, Rashad uh, Penny, a starter, Cordero Patterson. Um there you go. So that's seven guys on this list of what is this list? 13 guys here in tier five. Now, this is where you get into the situation where I kind of did myself dirty last year, but this is where you can convince yourself in that three, four, five to go Cooper Cup, go Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, but you, go, you can't miss. go Devontae Adams. No, but, but exactly. So that you, you, you literally just led me right to where I'm trying to go here on tier five. Who are the home runs? Who's winning you the Penny. league on this tier five for fantasy press? Penny Sanders. I'm telling you. San- because out of all these guys, they're all they're sketch, right? We'll go through we'll go through them one by one quick. Chase Edmonds, body size, injury. Not really well and Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Like, what do they do with their running backs? So they don't know. They have a whole I like Mike Daniel, so I don't know. And I I would trust Edmonds over the rest of the backfield. But I agree with you. He's He's not winning. I don't think he's winning either. Yeah. League. And size, right? Um, so Miles right. Sanders Injuries. has the size, has the ability to catch, has the ability to run like that. He's a key. key he Easy has division. the featured ability. Clyde Edwards Alaire, without having Tyreek there, you could see a lot more checkdowns. He could win you leagues based solely off seven, eight, nine catches a game, 70 yards. Yep. Solely. I love, I love CEH. Uh, I do too. Kareem, Kareem Hunt, if he does get traded to a team, it becomes a feature back, but you're, you're risking a lot. Like, <laughs> You don't draft guys. You, well, you need a you need a Chubb injury straight yeah. up. Like that's you draft him for a or Chubb a injury, and he'll get he'll get you eight to nine a, a week probably, which is not winning you the league, but he's a good. Flex. I agree. Tony Pollard not winning leagues. Damian Harris not winning leagues. Devin, Devin Singletary not winning leagues. Rashad Penny if he can keep winning and, leagues or win and hold that job. We'll say win and hold that job from Kenneth Walker right. can win right. can win leagues right because of his thirty three uh, tier right here. It's thirty three overall running back. Uh, Patterson, no. Stevenson, no. Nope. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, no. Ken Walker is maybe like possibly, uh, yeah. but still bottom five team. Probably my not. next is, and this is James Cook. James Cook could win leagues. Um, I don't think he has we'll feature ability, but if he can come out and flash that Alvin Kamara ability, he could win leagues, right? Like, I mean, if he can just take over the job from Singletary by week five, I mean, he. You got the starting running back for arguably the best, or team even football, just right? seven like, seven catches a game for sixty to seventy yards, fifty one yards, one to three in a teeter, touchdowns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like three breakaway screens, yeah. and he's in. Like that was Kamara rookie year. It wasn't volume. It was like every time he touched the ball, it was twenty yards or a touchdown. Right, and it was like fuck. He put up twenty points every game because he just did his thing. Um, but James Cook is definitely my last guy in this tier that he can pop. Okay, so let's jump back to tier four. We got a little ahead of ourselves on tier five because there was 13 dudes. But um, for this tier that they have in here, we'll just keep it on their list. Brees Hall, David Montgomery, ETN, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, and A.J. Dillon. Um, who, who's winning you a league? To, who's winning the league for you or at least giving you that RB1? You know, he's going to be in the top 10 of next year. Um, could catapult you to a title. Who do you think in this list or two guys? Oh, man, it's so hard to come out of my mouth, but it's Elijah Mitchell for me, number one. Um, and then I think Brees Hall is is right there with Travis Etienne. I kind of look at it, Etienne like it's his rookie year since he didn't really play last year. 
But those guys, right. there's explosiveness with ETN. Like his connection with Trevor Lawrence too. I think a lot of catches out of the backfield. I think by the end of the year, like we'll see them utilize him in that offense very efficiently. And then Brees Hall, right? Talking about one of the best PFF rankings to ever come out of college football. You know, I've counted the Jonathan Taylor. I really do believe that, but it's his rookie season. Um, but with Zach Wilson's injury, with that offensive line, we've talked about this on other podcasts. Like it's his opportunity to be one of the best rookie running backs in a long time. But again, we also said it with Najee, like just because you have volume doesn't mean you have production um, or quality production. So one more time, Mitchell, ETN, Hall, last one I'll say before you jump in, David Montgomery. We have seen him be successful. I mean, he's got to be yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Montgomery, Montgomery's got to be there. Montgomery's number one for me. He finished last year number eight, mm-hmm. dude. Um, Chicago's going to be terrible. He's the number one option. He's going to get a lot of run out there. Um, he's number one for me. I like Mitchell number two. And I, over Hall... Love Breeze, dude. You know, you know this. We we love Breeze. Uh, Etn. I'm just. I don't. I just don't You're believe skeptical. in Jackson. I just don't believe in Jacksonville in general. Like I just I can't commit to seeing that he has a chance for me. I, I think the other obvious two are, are Acres and Dobbins. Mm. They're both the number one backs. They're both going to catch balls. Acres looked fantastic at the end of last season. He has a full offseason no setbacks from that Achilles um I actually really really like Akers and everything I'm seeing out of Ravens camp is Dobbins looks fresh and I thought Dobbins was going to be easily top 10 last year I don't see how that's going to be any different this year their run-centric offense J.K. Dobbins was an absolute stud in college looked good his rookie year um so my ranking on this would probably man it's tough for me between the four of them but I'd probably go Montgomery you know, I'm, I'm going to go Montgomery, Dobbins, Mitchell, uh, Cam Akers. Okay. And then the rookies. Well, I'm considering ETN a rookie, but then I'll say the Hall and ETN will go underneath. Last thing I'll say is if we have an Aaron Jones injury and you take A.J. Dillon. It's all, it's, yeah, you're going to win, win the league. league. 100%. Yeah, he, yeah, it's, yeah he, he's going to start running the ball 25 times for a buck 25 and a touchdown. It'll be a poor 100%. man's Derrick Henry. It really will be. Like, yep. 100%. Won't have the same explosive speed to like take a 99 yards to the house because. Good God, I think I could catch up to him, but yeah, the volume. Okay, Matt, so while we put a bow on this segment and on our fantasy football running back talk here, um, you have a couple guys you want to talk about for the sleeper section. So this is all you. Take the reins. Tell me about the sleepers that I need to draft right before you do this year in, in fantasy. Yeah, and I mean, these are sleepers that are going around the industry. They're kind of obvious to some people, but the whole intention of doing this is so if you're listening to our podcast on running backs, you don't need to go and look at these other articles. So we talked about uh, a little bit earlier about um, – I'm going to start that over because I fucking can't find him. There. <laughs> go for it. Oh, there he is. Okay, so the ultimate objective of this is so that you can just obviously listen to us, know what you're doing going into the draft, and at the end of the draft, you can plug maybe one or two of these guys, toss them on the bench, and maybe come week seven or eight, as we talked about earlier, you know, you'll have some of those rewards reaped. 
Uh, talked a little bit about Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama in Washington earlier. Really like him. I think ultimately this season he could have a role and he could emerge actually as a starting running back there for the commanders. Uh, moving up though, Damian Pierce, Houston. He comes in at 45 on Fantasy Pros. Matt, you and I really, Ooh. really like this guy. This is He's a guy. He's a guy. This for me, uh, Pierce is the guy, fourth running back probably on your roster. The guy waiting to fill that flex role. Once he's getting those touches a game, once we know for a fact that he's productive, but you're going to have to spend a kind of a valuable asset on him. I would probably assume a ninth, 10th round pick on Damian Pierce, if not earlier. Uh, moving down a little bit, we have Isaiah Spiller. We did our draft segment on him, uh, kind of the profile. I really liked him. I saw the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, not top end speed. But if you have Eckler, you absolutely have to handicap yourself with Spiller. There is no 100%. question about that. Um, also, if you can get to him before that team that drafted uh, Eckler, you can steal him away. You might have trade capital come an injury or just you know an emergence of a starting uh, running back there in Spiller. And then we have Tyler Elger. I think I'm saying that properly. Um, I think that's how you say it. Tyler Elger. He's going to be in the competition with Atlanta for reps. We'll just say reps, right? Because I think Atlanta is going to have kind of a committee there. Patterson's obviously still there. We don't really know what's going to go on with their offense. So another guy that you can go out draft at the end of the draft if you've got a deeper bench and just ultimately hope that he gets that job week one, two, or three before the time comes where you have to drop Elger for someone that's on the waiver wire. The big thing here with these guys is you're trying to beat the waiver wire. You don't want to have to be bidding. Right, you, right. you know, like if you're a good team and you're 2-0, and you're not going to get these guys once that job has solidified. Uh, last one on this list, though, is uh, Rashad White. That's Tampa Bay. You know, there are concerns down there in Tampa Bay that Leonard Fournette's weight didn't come into camp kind of professionally. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I still really like Leonard Fournette. He's a he's a stud. Like, I think he gets underrated a lot. Um, but Rashad White, very good receiving back. So it could be a guy that you're looking at to get, again, five, six, seven receptions. Again, though, with all those receivers and Julio Jones joining the mix, I think you'd have to see a Leonard Fournette injury. Uh, so Rashad White, like really look for a handcuff there with Leonard Fournette. And then really that's it. We have Zamir White for Las Vegas, um, but I don't know that I'm willing to roster him. Kind of, you know, put him on your scout team. Go ahead and just keep an eye on him. Uh, P. Ryan, we've talked about this, you and I today with uh, the Joe Mixon. And then after right. that, you really just, you got a, you yeah, got a bunch I mean, of I think after that, it's, yeah, as I say, it's like the Alexander Madisons for the Dalvin Cook owners, mm-hmm. and then um, maybe a Ronald Jones as the backup in Kansas City. But that's also a that's a shot in the dark there. Well, and you know we have the guys that were pretty effective last year, Dearness Johnson for Cleveland, right? He had a game or two where he was usable, but by the time you picked him up, he didn't do that anymore. Um, Keshawn right. Vaughn was Tampa Bay, right? He was the guy that a couple of years ago when he was drafted was supposed to be what I just talked about. Um, the, the backup, the guy that catches the balls, right? Like didn't really happen. Uh, same thing with Trey Sermon, San Francisco, right? This year we've got Tyrone Davis price. Like these are just guys that I'm going to need to see. These are the true waiver wire pickups. I expect all the guys that I just went over to be on rosters because you want to beat the waiver wire. Um, and then right. there's the last guy. It's Herbert for the Bears. Uh, looks like Khalil Herbert. Uh, yeah, he's the backup. Yeah, I, I like him. But again, like Montgomery has done a pretty good job of staying healthy. Um, and I don't feel like he's the type of back to have people chunk into his volume. 
Herbert could be a guy that you're just keeping an eye on as well in case that Montgomery goes down. People just may not know who the backup running back on the Bears is because they're the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I had Herbert last year. He was actually pretty nice yeah. um, when Montgomery was out for a few weeks. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining into the episode. We'll dive into some more fantasy stuff next week. Uh, man, we got a lot of receivers to go over, so we'll figure out a, a way to be efficient with our time there. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at PitcherBetPod. You can follow Matt Morris at Matt underscore E underscore Morris on Twitter and me, Matt underscore Guest. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers.